Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The pound falls further against the euro, but is this good news for investors? ISA savings limits are rising, but how easy is it to put more money in? And as the stock market rally continues, is it worth holding on to a with profits endowment? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleague from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. And no fewer than two special studio guests, Gareth Shaw from our sister magazine, Money Management. Hi there. And Adrian Locock, Senior Investment Advisor at independent advice firm Best Invest. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, the pound fell to a five-month low against the euro, after the Bank of England warned that foreign investors may no longer be willing to purchase UK assets in the future due to fears over government debt. This pushed sterling's exchange rate as low as one euro ten cents, its weakest since April, and one currency analyst suggested that the pound will head down to parity against the euro by Christmas. But while this will make your festive Eurostar shopping trip more expensive, it arguably makes European investments more attractive, as euro-denominated share prices and dividends hit new highs. Um, so, Steve, uh, who do you think this is good for? Well, it's not good for Mrs. Lodge, who's been told to put away her snow bunny outfit because she won't be going to the Alps in uh, January to do her skiing. Um, nor is it good for our, our New Year's Eve celebrations in Paris and so on. It's good, though, for people who already hold European investments. Sterling investors have already hold European investments. Now, Europe has had a pretty dreadful credit crisis in terms of stock market uh, performance, a, a bigger falls even than um, the UK. However, for British investors, because of the currency effect, the weakening pound, the returns have been better. And so, actually, when you look at the, if you look at a graph of most European unit trusts, which many people hold in uh, ISAs nowadays, you're actually about ten percent off of a five-year high, which is an downside better than most stock market investments. Well, exactly. A lot better than being, um, say, in the UK stock market. Um, this currency effect is something uh, that we've seen in previous years uh, you know, with funds investing in the US and uh, investing in Japan. Um, it's a very significant factor that investors really need to take account of, isn't it? It is. Many experts say that um, the, the the whole credit financial crisis, we all know that many different assets have been extremely volatile, stock markets, bonds. Um, and now they're saying currency is that much more important, as you say. I mean, it was possible early in the credit crisis. Everyone thought, oh, credit crisis is terrible for stock markets. And yes, many the, the stock market effect for many investors was down, down, down. But actually, you almost had that cartoon effect of European investments remain 
remaining high because of strengthening of the euro. So the clever ho-hum investors like the Steve Lodge Pension Fund sold out some European investments when the euro was high, um, but while the financial crisis had really taken hold on, on the rest of mine and other people's portfolios. Let's take the um, the Steve Lodge Pension Fund as an example then. So if you were looking to play um, a belief that sterling will weaken further, and we will see mm-hmm. almost parity with the euro uh, towards the end of the year, what sort of assets are we talking about? Would you would you buy individual European equities? Would you go into a fund? Well, the weaker sterling is, the more expensive it becomes to invest more foreign assets. So it's good, if, if sterling is weakening, it's good to already be an overseas investor. I think I'm right in saying, uh, Adrian. Um, but you, it makes it more expensive to go out there and buy it, much like going on holiday. It does do. I mean, the, the thing to be sort of aware of is that as it goes down to parity, you're getting close to perhaps what is the bottom of the, the, the trading value. Mm. And it could easily come back to historical levels of about 1.4. And, um, I mean, we've seen it this year at the beginning of the year where it got close to parity and it bounced back 5 10% very, very quickly. So... You, whilst you can make money in the currency transaction, you can lose money equally rapidly as well. Exactly. I mean, if it goes back to it bounces back to one point four, and you invest now, of course, you're never mind what the stock market does. You're going to lose something on the currency. So, just very quickly, Adrian, um, would you advise anyone to, to try to get into European funds now, or is it is it too late? Uh, I don't think it's too late because a lot of uh, fund managers, whilst they won't necessarily hedge the currency out, companies will, and uh, some you'll get some very competitive international companies that are based in Europe, and you want to exposure to those because they will benefit from a global recovery, and there'll be some strong players in in, in Europe that will play on the, uh, the global field as well. Well, the, the, the counterpoint, of course, there is that a strong currency will be hurting exporters. So Germany, the world's biggest exporter, possibly by China, um, German exporters will be hit by a strong euro. And you'll hear these bleating from exporting companies that when their currency is strong, it's that much more expensive and that much more difficult to sell their products abroad. So swings and roundabouts, but some opportunities um, still Uh, in European funds. Thanks for that, Steve and uh, Adrian. And for more on investment opportunities uh, in both ISA qualifying funds and uh, some small cap shares, pick up a copy of FT Money with this weekend's FT or go online to ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, should you cash in your with profits policy? First though, ISAs. In just over a week's time, on October the 6th, the annual allowance for investing in tax-efficient individual savings accounts, or ISAs, is going up from £7,200 to £10,200 for anyone over the age of 50. Young whippersnappers like us will have to wait until next April before we get these higher limits. But for millions of older savers, that means it's possible to top up a stocks and shares ISA by £3,000 in a few days' time, or put in an extra £1,500 into cash ISAs. Good news, you might think, but not necessarily for everyone. Um, Steve, this seems like a very straightforward thing. Uh, The limits are going to go up from the 6th of October, so you just go along to your ISA provider and say, here is some more money put it in. Yes. 
it sounds so simple, doesn't it, Matthew? But here's number one complication, which is actually a good complication. You don't even have to be 50. Um, you only have to be 50 by April the 5th, so you almost qualify. Um, <laughs> Not quite. But I think the the issue of topping up existing ices that you've taken out this tax year, this is where the nightmare comes in, isn't it, Adrian? Where you've so you're over 50 saver, you've you've taken out your ice already, not knowing that the rules were going to change, um, and now you can put in more money. How easy is it going to be? Uh, for a lot of providers, you will be able to do that, and they will uh, they will uh, accommodate the extra contribution. But for some, they just uh, don't want to spend the extra administration, perhaps, on the cost of actually accepting it. So it's an administration issue quite often. Um, there are a few products out there where uh, you've got things like fixed-rate cash ISAs, structured products. The terms of those products um, were, were available at the time but are, are no longer available now because things have moved on um, and quite rapidly in terms of the, the, the rebound in the uh, um, markets. Um, so you might find it difficult and, and some providers won't actually accept top-ups. So what can you do if you can't actually get the top up or you don't like the terms on offer, which is I think what you're saying with fixed rates and so on? Um, there's actually very little you can do. If it's in a fixed rate bond, you can't transfer it. Um, if it's in a cash ISA and there's no fixed rate, you could transfer that to another provider and top up. Um, I'd suggest you start looking to do that sooner rather than later because mm-hmm. it, it, it might take a little bit of time to get that transfer completed. Uh, but if a structured product, you'll be tied up for the life of that product. It might end up being relatively expensive to try and get yourself out of that and therefore not worth doing these are the things where you you invest in the stock market and you get the stock market upside but you you you're guaranteed to get your money back that sort of thing that's, that's it price. yeah they, they give you a capital protection on the downside and and um, uh, sort of a percentage of the participation on the upside so yes yeah, so i can see how topping up at that point after we've had a 50 percent rally is not well it's a different calculation basically isn't it it is the, the providers of structured products just you know they they, they have to calculate these things quite um, sophisticated and uh, in detail so they can't just uh, uh, issue the same thing out now that they did 6 months ago it wouldn't it wouldn't work and it wouldn't it wouldn't make the investor the money and it would certainly wouldn't, it wouldn't be profitable for them to do so but of course we being journalists want to highlight the bad news but you generally think of course that this is a, a, a sort of wonderful boost to what you think is a great savings scheme do you not i, I think it was pretty much the, the good news out of the budget for, for savers. Um, the, the, the news on pensions just muddied the water further. Um, ISIS uh, with the £10,200 limit, that, that's good news for most households. That, that's a good, a good sum to put away. Uh, if you, you save those over 20 years, you're going to have a very nice pot of money that you can take a tax-free income from. Um, so it will be a retirement plan for many people now. And our listeners, of course, are some of the people who may be hit by this 50% income tax, uh, top rate of income tax in the next year or so. Um, And they may well be the other people who are hit by the limitation of pension contributions as well. So this presumably increases the relative attractions of this accessible tax-free pot. Very much so. I mean, beforehand, you might have put all the money into a pension pot because you get the tax relief on the way in. Um, but you don't... Um, now, you don't necessarily get the tax relief for the whole sum, so you can't put as much in. So you'd, you'd use up your ICE allowances each year. Um, and if you're married, husband and wife ISAs, that's, you know, £20,400. That's, you know, a lot of money to be able to put into an ISA. Um, also, you, you can tap into the capital at any point, which you can't do with a pension fund. So, so the benefits are, 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 are sort of there, a bit broader. Um, the only downside is you don't get the tax relief on the way in. One final question. Your biggest investor with the biggest ISA portfolio, how much money have they got? Um, well, with it, with it all, it's probably in excess of £500,000, but that might include a few peps as well um, because they're all, all, they're all now ISAs.
That's almost as almost as impressive as the as the lodge ISA portfolio, isn't it? Oh, almost, Matthew, almost. I've just got one qu- one quick question, um, which is uh, I just want to be clear on this. Um, let's say I've got a fixed rate cash ISA, and I and, and I'm imagine if you can, and I'm over fifty, um, oh, d- wow. difficult to do. Um, I like the rate um, from sixth of October. I go to my my ISA provider and say I want to put another one thousand five hundred pounds in at this fixed rate. Mm. If they say no, what are my options? Okay. Well, well, first of all, you need to realise they might say no anyway. They'll just say, sorry, it's closed, or you've you've invested a lot. You can kind of ignore that. So so let's talk colloquially about top-ups, I adding more money in. They may turn around to you and say, they may say that you can top up at the rate that you originally had, say you had 3% in April, you top up now at 3 Or they may turn around nationwide, for example, nationwide building society says you can't top up the original rate, but you can top up at the new rates, the currently available rates. Now, in their case, they're generally better. Oh, right, so I could be better off. Yes, but then there's another... You, you remember a couple of months back we were talking about a fabulous Newcastle building society, 5% bond, 5% ISA, where you just had to give notice. So it was actually really a notice camp paying a huge rate. Now, with that one, if you want to top up that rate, I was told today, um, that um, you're only going to be offered about 3%. So you are going to be hit with a lower rate there. Now, if you are offered a rate that is deemed to be very unfair, there may be a case for just saying to the ICE provider, you know, please waive your penalties and I'll transfer elsewhere. Or indeed, can you do something about this? Because there are issues of fairness there. Um, and it might, and it could even be worth, depending on the deal, of course, in transferring away. We were talking here about structured products and fixed rates. Pro- probably not, to be fair, I think, from what Adrian's saying, the penalties tend to be quite high. Um, but it's something you should consider. And some experts out there, just to make it even murkier, are suggesting, well, why don't you just go down the road, dare I say, lie to a third-party building society and put your 1,500 quid in there and see what the revenue does? Yes, well, I'm not sure we should advocate doing no, that. But no. it's, certainly, it's certainly worth asking your provider. So thanks very much indeed for that, Steve. And uh, again, Adrian, and for a full explanation of which ISAs you can top up and uh, which ISAs you can't, uh, you can read Steve's definitive guide in FT Money this weekend and online at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, with profits endowments and with profits bonds. The 45% rise in UK share prices since the beginning of March has given many investors a welcome boost, but not those in with profits funds. According to exclusive research from the FT magazine Money Management, every life insurer offering a with profits endowment has reduced its payout this year, and many policies have underperformed for years. But there has been some good news. The stock market rally has prompted Friends Provident to scrap the penalty for exiting its fund known as a Market Value Reduction, or MVR. But Prudential AXA, Scottish Widows and Standard Life still apply MVRs if you try to cash in a policy with them, although they could be set to reduce or remove them in future. So, um, Gareth Shaw from Money Management, you're the author of this uh, research, which has looked at the performance of With Profits policies. Um, How's it been? It's not been very good, actually, Matthew. Um, with profits endowments, performance figures have fallen again, uh, and it's been like that for the last 15 years. In fact, uh, since 1994, the average maturity value of a with profits endowment has halved. 
Um, to give you an example of this, uh, this year the average uh, return is 39,931. That's an annual growth rate of about 7.1%, but that's it's way off what it was returning about a decade ago. Um, some of the worst performers have, have um, delivered really miserable returns. Life Association of Scotland, very old life office, that's delivered £23,785 this year. That's growth of 3.5% over a quarter of a century of investment. So it's not fantastic. 3.5% is, uh, is not the best over the, uh, the periods that you're talking about. And, and those figures you're quoting, are they for regular monthly premiums? That's for a £50 per month uh, regular premium um, over uh, 25 years. So that's, a, that's an overall investment of £15,000. So basically, um, investors in with profits funds are not seeing the benefits of uh, what's happened to, uh, to markets, certainly um, in recent months. But um, they are seeing the benefit in terms of these exit penalties being removed by Friends Provident. What does that actually mean in practice? Right. Well, uh, with, with profits endowment, um, the majority of them are conventional policies. So uh, they were written um, with a, a basic sum assured and a, an annual bonus and then a final bonus when the policy matures. And they don't actually have an MVR applied to them. Uh, from the early 90s, it was um, policies were, were written as unitised, and that's when an MVR can apply. So it will be in about six or seven years' time when MVRs start hitting uh, with profits endowments. But for with profits bonds, which are unitised, the MVRs are applying. And the last research we did on this, 80% of companies were applying an MVR to their with profit bonds. Um, with a stock market rally and things picking up, they may be reducing them, certainly cutting down the rate at which they're making reductions. Or, or getting rid of them altogether, but time will tell on that. It's, it's very early days to see whether or not they're doing. Friends Provident is the first. So um, if I can just bring in Adrian here, uh, the performance hasn't been great uh, from certainly the average of these uh, with profits funds. If the exit penalties are coming down or disappearing, as in the case of Friends Providence, and you, say you can get out without penalty, is now a good time just to to get out, take your money and run? I think uh, you do have to start looking at them again because if the MVRs do come out, and last time they took a little bit long to drop these MVRs so that you might see only a few do it and then it'll be a while before things settle down before they'll actually come out. But um, it's worth reviewing them because even with the MVRs you might actually view the cost or the opportunity cost of cashing it in and taking it uh, is actually worth doing. Um, but you have to look at that on a case-by-case basis. It depends how much the charge is, how many years you've got before the charge is dropped. Um, but by, by reviewing it and possibly taking your money out, you can regain control of it. You might be able to put some of that money into the pension uh, fund or into an ISA and, and you know, get the tax relief, which will add on to performance. But against a sort of an average performance of three and half percent i think there's definitely a strong argument for having a look at them and, and looking to put them elsewhere because uh, that's not a great return as you say if you take the money out you have control over where it goes and you have better access to it but just finally um gareth uh, what's the downside of cashing in your with profits fund early well the, the downside is is that you you don't get a terminal bonus if you do surrender early and, and that is the risk i mean only two companies failed to pay a terminal bonus this year so uh, on maturity of the policies so it, it is worth sticking for that terminal bonus um, and also if you do cash in too early if you wait 15 years with the policy you may get your original investment back you may not but any shorter than that you, you you're, you're not guaranteed to get back what you've already put in. So it depends how far in you are 
to your policy and how much control you want over your money. Well, thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Gareth, and uh, again, Adrian. And if you need help deciding what to do with a with-profits policy, do read uh, Alice Ross's analysis of your options in FT Money this weekend. And for the complete definitive survey of with-profits fund performance, pick up a copy of the November issue of Money Management, which is on sale from the 27th of October in WH Smith and all good news agents. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember that uh, you can get weekday news updates on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters. You can even follow us on Twitter from that web page. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve from Gareth Shaw from Money Management and Adrian Locock from Best Invest. Goodbye. Bye. 